2: Looking for a newer used vehicle? Browse online at tradeandpaper.com. Cincinnati's free online classifieds. Search inventories from local automobile dealers. List your own vehicles and unwanted items for free and turn them into cash. Go to tradeandpaper.com. What the Rock
1: is good evening, folks. This is the Rocky Boyman Show. It's a pleasure, as always, to be with you. Three full hours tonight. Um,. Look, it's that time of year. Everyone's thinking about baseball and barbecues and vacations. I, by the way, am going on vacation here uh, this uh, coming uh, th- this Saturday for a week. So that's uh, kind of what a lot of people's minds are on. But also, there are a few big-time issues kind of percolating, right? we got the Comey. On the national level, we have the Comey trial, the Comey uh, whatever the hell that thing was today. And then locally, the Ray Tensing case. And to discuss both those two big-time issues, I want to bring on the man, the myth, the legend himself, the one and only Willie Cunningham. Willie, how are you?
2: Rock, I can smell what you're cooking. Give me a full report.
1: All right, I want to, I want your thoughts on the whole Comey investigation today, but I first want to give you mine, okay? So, you know, a lot of stuff came out of this, right? And if you're a political wonk, if you're one of these people that just eats, sleeps, and breathes you know, politics and corruption and scandal and this and that, we learned that Comey was kind of miffed that Trump said that the FBI was kind of embarrassment. We learned that Loretta Lynch asked for the Clinton investigation to be referred to as a matter instead of seven investigation. We learned that Comey himself leaked stuff. So all this stuff is thrown out there, right? Lots of crazy stuff. But but I, I'm, I try to look at this from a uh, you know the, a, a perspective that most Americans are looking at this. So I'm like, oh, let's cut through the bullcrap. And why are we here? Why is there an investigation? Why are there senators and congressmen dressed up in suits? And why is Comey sitting at the table? And why are these these? Why is this going on? Well, to me, all of this since the election has been about was Donald J. Trump colluding with Russia to get himself elected. And so you cut through all the bullcrap today to answer that main question, the main overriding question of why all this is going on. I think we got our answer, right? We got our answer, and that was that Comey said he did not blame Russia. He did not think that Russia successfully changed any votes. He said that Trump, nor did anybody, ask him to stop the Russia probe and that Donald Trump himself was not under investigation. So so can we move on? Can we move on from this, Willie? Are we still going to find something to get stuck on here?
2: Rocky, I would say there was a large, flatulent sound coming out of Washington, and that's the air coming out of impeachment. And the big news to me is that the stock market is a great uh, thermometer of where America is at any one point, and those who are in the business of making or losing literally billions of dollars every day were riveted to the testimony of James Comey starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, ended at a little before uh, 1 p.m., and uh, every time he spoke, the market went up and up and up. And it ended <laughs> NASDAQ at an all-time high because those in the business of making money want Trump in the White House because he's good for business as opposed to Obama or Hillary. And so the stock market, the experts, at all the big brokerage firms and all the experts that run the American economy in New York City and London said, you know what, this is good. And so uh, follow the money. The money says Trump survived today, did quite well, and is going to do well. And the second takeaway I have is this one. Comey leaked uh, indirectly to the New York Times through a friend of his, a law professor at Columbia, mm-hmm. information about the notes he used to take with Donald J. Trump. The notes that he took, he took while as the director of the FBI. So we have the director of the FBI taking federal property, and indirectly giving it to the New York Times, which is not a felony because it wasn't classified. But nonetheless, uh, the taking of uh, federal property, which are the notes he made while in federal office, giving the New York Times is at least a misdemeanor. And Comey is a leaker of private information, federal property, (laughs) to the New York Times. Now, this is the guy telling us, believe me. I am the Paragon of Virtue. I'm the Sword of the Paraclete. Did nothing the wrong. Last, yeah. The last honest man in the world is <laughs> James Comey, and
1: he's the damn leaker. Did anyone other than you and I figure that out? Absolutely not. Well, here, here's the other big question with that, Willie, and you're on the money, and that is, well, the, the the Democrats hated Comey, then they loved him. So, what are they? Are they back to loving him now, or are they, do they still hate him? Do they even know? What well, what's the story with their feelings on Comey right now? The, the, the Democrats
2: want to use him like a three dollar
1: Italian hooker. They want to use him.
2: And so, for most of last year, he was a pain in the dexterior, and then he became a symbol, a paragon of virtue. Now, right right now, at this point, he's the one that said today that to Loretta Lynch, who's the one that tried to interfere with the federal investigation and to characterize the criminal investigation of Hillary as simply a, as simply a matter as opposed to a felony investigation, and so Loretta Lynch, who's a putz, came out. Uh, I think, worse, in a sense, than Jeff Sessions. And another thing that we have to remember, this is the guy who opened a criminal investigation of the Trump campaign almost a year ago in July of last year. We are almost one year into a massive investigation involving the NSA, the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice. And after one year of literally millions of man-hours wasted on this crap, Not one piece of evidence has come out after one year of collusion, and not one piece of evidence has come out that the Donald committed any criminal acts or impeachable acts. This is after one year. When will it stop? It'll stop in a year and a half when the American people, in their righteous anger, stands up like a white stallion on the high ranges of a blue Wyoming sky and say enough is enough, We will not reward the party that are obstructionists. We will not reward the party, the Democratic Party, that spent the past two years investigating and not litigating. When will Washington get down to the business why we hired the Republicans? Right now we hired Paul Ryan. We hired Mitch McConnell. We hired uh, Portman. We hired Rand Paul. Mm -hmm. We hired Steve Shabbat and Winstrip. When will they get down and legislate for our benefit and not litigate or investigate. I want something significantly done to lessen the burdens on the middle class, healthcare reform, tax reform, the southern border fence. That's why they were elected. And the Donald was elected six and a half months ago. It is time for the party that we put in power not to litigate and not to investigate but to
1: legislate, we need legislation. We, we, we do, Willie. But th- to me, that's the most frustrating thing because I, I agree with you that the Democrats look all they care about is 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 just death by a thousand lashes, right? Just keep this up. Trump was was elected, but it wasn't legitimate. It wasn't this. He's colluding with a Russia, whether it's true or not, it makes no difference. It's just keep this narrative going. So, in one way, you blame the Democrats. But in another word, in another way, I look at the Republicans say, you know, control the Senate, control the uh, control the House, control the judiciary, control the White House. Why are the Republicans taking a backseat to anybody on this? Well, the answer, of course, is because they are deep states. They are. Uh, politicians, they're lifelong politicians that don't want this new guy named Donald Trump. They want business as usual. Hey, we'll kind of complain we don't like the Democrats. The Democrats are complaining we don't, they don't like us. But we'll all kind of go along. We'll get our contracts. We'll make our money and we all go happily ever after. now this guy named Donald Trump comes in who's, who's beholden to absolutely nobody. The Republicans don't back him. That's one of the most frustrating things about this entire election process, because Trump can beat the media. He can beat the Democrats. It's going to be hard to beat his own team. And that's what he's trying to do right now, but it's tough. Well... For
2: eight years, we had Barack Hussein Obama with scandal after scandal, the IRS, the NSA, eavesdropping on millions of Americans. We had Obama co-indicting James Rosen of Fox News and the AP reporters. We had crooks in the White House with scandal after scandal. But what happened is this. He had a putz as the Attorney General, one was Eric Holder, held in contempt of Congress for lying under oath, and then he had Loretta Lynch who was another putz. And the problem is Jeff Sessions, because he has recused himself under pressure, Trump doesn't have like an attorney general who's his bag man to make sure these things don't metastasize. You had Obama who was a crook and a liar repeatedly involved in scandals that the New York Times and the stenographers of the Washington Post would never go after, never go after Obama. Plus no, no. you had an attorney general who was a putz who did whatever Obama told him to do. Now you got Trump who's bared. You got Trump without an attorney general. Uh, you uh, the, the acting attorney general uh, right now, McA- uh, Rosen, uh, Rosenstein, and Andrew McCabe, wife, got $700,000 from a Clintonista in Virginia. Yep. So Trump is bare. Uh, and Obama had putzes from the AG's office making sure the bodies were buried. Fast and Furious was buried. Uh, Lois Lerner, IRS, was buried. Uh, the lying under oath by the attorney general. How big of a story was it in the national media when Eric Holder lied about Fast and Furious resulting in the death the murder of a of a federal border patrol agent the media never
1: barely comes. a peep Nothing.
2: It's because Trump represents everything that the mainstream media hates. They hate the fact he has money. They hate the fact that he's anti-illegal immigrant. They hate the fact that he's got funny hair. They hate the fact that they in- the access Hollywood tape. They hate everything about Trump, but they loved everything about Obama. He was a multinationalist. He was raised in Indonesia. Obama, 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 the south side of Chicago did a great job organizing there, became a law professor or Obama, 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 and the media never covered him. They never covered the scandals, and most Democrats now believe he had a scandal-free eight years. Yeah. He, he didn't have an attorney general held in contempt of the Congress. He didn't have the IRS wrongfully investigating conservatives and patriot groups. He didn't have the AP being wiretapped or millions of phones tapped. None of those things happened under Obama. Like no. your plan, keep your plan,
1: like your doctorate. No, every, everything was wonderful. No, no wonderful problem. eight years. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Fantastic. No problem. It's Obama. Obama. <laughs> but Obama. but, but here's, here's the deal, Willie. I, I just wonder, again, it's, it's been Russia, Russia, Russia for eight, nine, ten months here. And not one shred of evidence has come out of collusion. It came out today. Again, that was the big takeaway for me of all the stuff that was thrown out there. It was why are we here? We're we're here to decide if James or if if Donald Trump colluded with Vladimir Putin in Russia. It came out today that he did not. James Comey thought he did not, nor did anybody think he did. So, can they will they keep this up? Will they keep the narrative up, or will they? Or do do you think at some point, and probably it's happened already. Does the American people say, oh, my God, this is just white noise. We, we can't stand this anymore. We totally block it out. This is like the the little boy who cried woof. We keep hearing Russia, 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 but there's nothing there. So when there is actually some sort of legitimate scandal or legitimate news that comes out, no one cares because they've been hearing this Russia, Russia, Russia all the time. Do you think people are moved by this at all? Do you think they'll be moved by it come the midterms next year? Uh, I hope and pray
2: that the Republicans will have the coyotes that the Democrats have. The Democrats would never appoint a special prosecutor to investigate or prosecute the campaign of Hillary Clinton, who was a well-known crook, or Barack Hussein Obama or Joe Biden. The Democrats would never do to themselves what the Republicans are now doing. Why, why, why know- is
1: that? Why do the Democrats, well, they always seem to, you know, kind of, they, they take care of their own. They don't eat their own the way Republicans do. Why is that, Willie? Why? I'd like to know
2: when Bill Clinton was impeached and lied under oath to federal judges involving sexual harassment, there wasn't one Democrat who broke ranks and came out against Bill Clinton who was a perjurer and a liar and a sexual harasser and probably a sex... He was the Bill Cosby of American politics, (laughs) and not one time. Did you have one big-time Democrat call for the removal of officer impeachment of Bill Clinton? With Donald J. Trump, you got you got Graham, you got McCain, you got numerous Republicans always shuffling him out of the deck. It drives me crazy. If Republicans acted like Democrats, there'd be no special prosecutor. Well, that, that's because
1: most of them, Willie, i the only thing I can figure out is most of the Republicans even are, are they're, they're bought and sold, right? They, they, it's the lobbyists. It's it's somebody. It's, it's big business. Somebody is is keeping them from doing the will of the American people. And that's why they don't like Trump, because Trump is, not, again, not beholden to anybody. He doesn't give a damn. If, no. He's not trying to, well, you know, most politicians are trying to, you know, kind of jockey for the next position, right? Well, if this doesn't work out, then maybe I can go down to the House of Representatives, and then maybe I can make the bump up to the Senate and then make the bump up to the vice president. He doesn't care about anybody. He wants to come in, do a good job, lead the country, and get America back to being great again. But no one wants to let him do it. No one wow. wants to let him do it. The Trumpster
2: needs an attorney general and Republicans who actually are in leadership in the House and the Senate to run interference and get on to the issues that we care about. We care about middle-class tax cuts, the southern border. We care about making Americans strong the wall. We care about Obamacare repeal and replace. We care about the things that we care about. Not one American is helped economically by any of the crap in the past year, but it's a Washington parlor game to take down Republicans.
1: What do you you think is going to happen, Willie? Let's say, and and God God willing, this won't happen, but let's say we go four years here, and because of you know the republicans lack of wanting to work with trump because of media stuff nothing really gets done
2: disaster, it, it, disaster. Let's, let's
1: say that let's hope it doesn't happen or let's say that happens well, what's the republicans excuse going to be in 2010 it was you know we need to get the house back so they got the house back and then in 2020 it was like we need to get the senate back they got the senate back well in 2016 it was we need the president once we get the presidency we oh. will have we will have it all oh. we'll be able to do stuff so they got the congress the senate the, the, the presidency, the Supreme Court, two-thirds of the governorship, and nothing is getting done. What, what, what is there going to be the excuse? What's going to be the excuse? In a year and a half, if
2: there's not significant change in Washington, normal people like you and I are not going to vote Republican, and the Democrats will come out, take the House, take the Senate. And within six months, Trump will be impeached. Within six months, when Nancy Pelosi takes the House, he'll go to trial in the Senate, and he will not be removed from office. It takes two-thirds. He will not be removed from office. And then in 2020, facing the American people, the Republican Party under Donald J. Trump, will be mortally mortally wounded. And I'm waiting for the Republicans now. It'll take two or three years for any changes in the tax code or Obamacare to percolate and breathe through the entire economy. They've got to get the wagon on the road right now. Got to get it going. And look,
1: you're right. And if I were Trump, I would come out and I'd say this. I'm of the opinion that the only thing worse than the wrong action is inaction. You know what I mean? You can, you know, there's no, there's no action out there that's perfect. Somebody of the 320 million people we have in the country, someone's not going to like it. Someone's going to be pissed. It's going to negatively affect them, right? So no one's going to be perfectly happy with anything. But to me, you, again, you, you can't, you can't just make everybody happy. So. Why don't you at least get something done? I think you look people look more disfavorably upon not doing anything. Again, there's no perfect action, but they'll look less kindly upon inaction. Why does he not say that? Why does he not say, "Hey, Mitch McConnell, get your button gear here, go in the Senate, and tell everybody to get behind this health care bill and no. pass it"? Because if you don't, what you're everyone you're going to play the whole, "Oh, we, we couldn't get around this, and there's things I didn't like, things you, uh, and that sort of deal." People are going to say, "What what do you what do you want? We got the whole majority." Here, but nothing can get done. Inaction is the worst. It's so much worse than the wrong action, Willie. Oh, Rocky, lead, follow, or get the the hell out of the way. Get the hell out of the way.
2: Get the hell out of the way. Do something, move the country forward, forget about the litigation, forget about the investigation, and start to legislate. Six and a half months ago, you and I could write right now a tax reform bill. You and I right now could build the fence on the southern border. You and I could do things on the tax code right now. We all know what needs to be done. And they sit there with their fingers up their butts and come a year and a half, normal people like you and I and each of your lovely listeners are not going to support a party who lied to us at least since 2010 telling us what's going to happen. They got the keys of the kingdom and they refused to stick it in. We got to stick it in. Stick the key in the lock. <laughs> stick it in. Stick it in. Turn and walk into the light of a better day. And if they don't do something, you and I and normal Americans will never vote Republican
3: again.
1: Remember, Willie, inaction is worse than the wrong action. You cannot, don't be a bumpkin that sits there and does nothing and points the finger and blames the other person and meanwhile well, you get nothing done. Nobody likes that person. Everyone knows someone like that in their life, and everybody hates them. They hate Please. the person that has no ability to grab the you know what by the horns and go and get it done. And, and, and yeah, you're going to have to take the flaming arrows. You're going to have to take the criticism. But there's going to be so much less criticism than if you sit around on your hands and do nothing. Stick it in. Stick it in. Stick, stick it, it, it in. in. What I say. There stick you go. It in. Willie, I was going to ask you about Tenzing, but we're out of time. God bless America. God bless stick, America. Stick it in. Stick it in, Willie. Thank
0: you.
1: <laughs> All right, that was a great American. So let's, uh, let's do this. If you have any thoughts or comments on, hell, what we just discussed, if you have any thoughts or comments on the Comey investigation, what you pulled out of it, did, any, did it move anybody? I often wonder if, if, that, if everyone, like again, just the honest American red-blooded person just didn't even pay attention to that side show, that circus freak show that happened today where nothing was really accomplished. We want our congressmen, our senators, passing legislation and getting things done. I think Congress and the Senate, for the large part, thinks that their job is to sit in suits and conduct hearings. We don't need hearings. I am sick of hearings. And I'm talking about for Republicans, Democrats, Obama, Trump, Bush, everything. the, The whole time spent as a legislator should not be Figuring out some sort of investigation so you can try to backdoor the other team. That's not what it's about. It should be about America. But do they want it to be about America? I don't know. Five one three pounds 700, at and 1-800, the big one. We will go to a break. We'll come back with your calls. 700-WLW.
2: Do you have any doubt that the Russian government was behind the cyber intrusion in the state voter files?
4: No.
5: Do you have any doubt that officials of the Russian government were fully aware of these activities?
4: No doubt. Are you
5: confident
2: that no votes cast in the 2016 presidential election
4: were altered? I'm confident. By the time when I left as director, I'd seen no indication of that whatsoever.
1: So there you go. through all the BS that happened today and all the testimonies and all the this and that, did Trump clue with the Russia? With Russia? No. Did was Russia successful in changing the outcome of the election via votes or voting machines or ballots or anything like that? No, that's coming from the FBI, the head of the F, former head of the FBI, a guy who isn't necessarily Trump's best friend right now. Let's go to the phones. What do you think of Comey? Comey, Shmomi. Let's go to Middletown and talk to Jim. Jim, you're on the big one. Fire away, please.
5: Hey, Rocky, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, I think it was a good day for Donald Trump. And I'll tell you why. I think James Comey. Uh, by his testimony, I I, I actually, would, if I'm the Republican, I'd probably call him back next week. Because I think the more he talks, the more it's going to benefit Donald Trump. Because he actually proved that Donald Trump was telling the truth about when he told him he was under an investigation three times. He also said that his campaign, there was no collusion between his campaign and Russia. He also said that Donald Trump... And uh, that Russia and Donald Trump's campaign, there was no collusion. Yeah. I'm trying to think there was something
1: else. No, which which is the central issue. Again, cut through the BS today, cut through all the the other periphery stories that are going to come out of this. Why were we here? Why was there an investigation? Why was it on television? Why did they have every senator and congressman a part of this panel? And why were they interviewing Comey? Well, it was because there are some out there that think Donald J. Trump colluded with Russia in order to get elected and get him. Self elected instead of Hillary Clinton. That, that's the that's the whole reason all this is going on. And the answer to that question came out today. No, he didn't. He didn't collude with Russia. He wasn't. Didn't ask for the investigation to stop. None of this happened. So can we move on here or what?
5: Well, do you know what? If, if it, the, the Democrats already deny it. Watching TV, they're still sticking to that Russia collusion. And he blew it out of the water today. It, there's nothing. Chris Matthews even said the collusion thing is gone now.
1: It's, he, he already. It's gone. it's gone. It is. There, there's. The, I mean, at some point, right? If you keep saying something's there, and we got to look, we got to investigate more, and we got to make sure we no rock goes unturned, and all that. Th- that's understandable. But at some point during an investigation, uh, some some sort of like credible source, some sort of credible action has to come to the surface. And so far, we've had none. And the other thing that it came out of today was that, and Comey said it himself. Was that all? These stories that come out with these so-called sources, most of them are made up. And he pointed to the New York Times specifically. They're all made up. They're all. Oh, this source told me that. There's no source there. It's no wonder that no no actual person has come out and said any sort of vilifying information because there is no person. There's no. That's Rocky, not there. You're, Rocky,
5: you're right because the New York Times and the Washington Post had to. Uh, they had to come back and say in, today in their paper they were wrong, uh, said the story about the, the Trump campaign associates in collusion that, that they were, there was proof. They actually said, did articles today saying that they were wrong to print that. That was a false statement. So you're, you're dead on.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, it, now now I'm trying to see what the next thing will be when I wake up tomorrow morning because the the Russia collusion story has more or less is, is been it's dead, it's over. So what's the next thing going to be? I, I know now the one I'm seeing now, if you go to like CNN and stuff like that, it's it's Trump's a liar. Comey said he's a liar, and because Comey said Trump's a liar, um, then that must mean he's a liar, and that that is I guess somehow knocks him down as a credible president of the United States. They'll never Remember stop. That. Never stop. Remember, uh, he said, I, I
5: hope this investigation can come to, or whatever, to an end. Hope means that he's obstruction of justice. That That's the biggest joke I've ever heard. Let me ask you that
1: this, Jim. Uh, let me ask you this. Do, do you think all this nonsense that the Democrat Party does, which is, um, is, again, the Russian narrative, this, and try to delegitimize the election every single day, Russia, Russia, do, do you think that's going to ultimately backfire because i do i think ultimately I mean, people are going to say this is crap man instead of like building the party there's no organization in or the party there's no like one or two people the, the, the people that are the spokespeople of the democrat party right now are maxine waters for god's sake who is is as loony as a is, is a fruitcake okay um chuck schumer and nancy pelosi that's the best they can do right now right there's an, there's an opiate ep- epidemic in this
5: country Heroin, young men and women are dying every day. People want jobs. People are uh, uh, There's a lot of confidence in the economy under Donald Trump. That's, the polls show that. People want to get on with the business of this country. But liberals haven't got over the election, Rocky, and I don't think they will. I think that you're right. It's going to backfire. And I think that the Republican Party, if they play their cards right and get some things passed, but they can, they're going to benefit. They're going to benefit a lot, but we'll see what happens. They're
1: going to benefit, but if they don't, okay, it, it's going to it's going to backfire on them because, again, there's nothing worse to me. I hate people that, that are afraid to do something. They're afraid, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Don't you hate that person that's so tepid and so weak that they can't make it? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you.
0: What do you do when you win?
1: ...decision or can't go forward with something because they're worried about pissing off that person, you're going to piss off somebody, okay? Get the will of the majority of the red-blooded American people, which is they want to be safe, they want their health care to be a better situation with that, they want tax reform lowered. That's what they want. But right right now, they're they're, they're sitting around blaming, pointing the finger here, McConnell's blaming, oh, well, this bill, there's, there's certain clauses in it that I can't get behind... Bull crap, man. What is it going to be the excuse? You got the House. You got the Senate. You got the presidency. Two-thirds of the governorships. Most of the legislative in terms of numbers across the country at the state's level. You got it all and nothing. And this should be an an absolute steamroller going down the middle of the highway right now. But nothing's getting done. If they don't get something done, it is going to come back to bite them. Because people are going to say, well, they're either going to turn Democrat, Vote Democrat or they're just going to not show up at all. What? Why? Every year I hear the, oh, you know, hold your nose and vote for this person. What? People are getting sick of the hold their nose and vote sort of situation. They want something done. If it doesn't get done, it's going to backfire on them.
5: Hey, man. Thanks,
6: hey, man. Rocky.
1: Yep, thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Cincinnati and talk to Dan. Dan, you're on the big one, buddy. Fire away.
6: Hey, I really appreciate you tonight, Rock. You've been excellent. Thank um- you. I I don't understand why people didn't – Loretta Lynch recuse herself from the whole Clinton investigation after she met with Bill, and that's why Comey took such an aggressive position and really wasn't the ball in his court. to make a decision on Hillary? Well, then, that's they, the, the thing. Well, he—he's like, he, bad guy. Well,
1: yeah, he had a decision to make when the whole the meeting with Loretta Lynch and on the back of the on the tarmac there with Bill Clinton, and that was a ma- that was a major breach of conduct. But Comey didn't really decide to go after her on that. Now, you know, he, now he kind of releases today that you know Loretta Lynch said, I mean told him in private that she wanted the investigation in her emails to be called not an investigation but a matter. In, in other words, to kind of you know uh, dampen the, the fire on that a little bit. But Comey, did, he didn't do anything about that, though, did he? he didn't no, do nothing. no. And basically
6: huh. she put the ball in his court to make a decision
1: it's it's it, it i i don't know the i used to you know at the early stages i thought comey was an all right guy he's kind of weaselly now they also didn't like the part where he's like if i had been stronger i would have done what is he trying to do play the you know i'm i'm a uh i'm a you know donald, donald trump was a bully car is that what he's trying to play come on give me a break like- the guy's the head of the fbi you're gonna be scared of of, of another man come on please I agree.
6: I agree. So I, I keep forgetting. No, nobody keeps bringing that up about her recusing herself, and it was in his court. So I don't know why they, they forget about that.
1: No, they, they often do. Dan, we got to run, but thank you for the Thanks. call. Yep. Thanks, Rock. Yep. Let's go to Norwood, the home of Mark Edwards, and talk to Ray. Ray, you're on the big one. Fire away, please. Yeah. Hey, okay. you're on the radio.
5: Yeah. Do you guys have nothing else to argue about? I got all kinds of
1: stuff to argue about. The the phones are are jacked right now about this conversation. I want to move on to other stuff, but people want to talk about it, so that's my job.
5: So um, you, you need to find your new job.
1: What do you do for a living, Ray? Oh, never mind. Let's go to the phones. five one three seven, seven, pounds 700, ATT, <laughs> 1-800. And actually, Ray has a good point here because I've I've told you before the show started, I'm not going to spend the entire night talking about Comey me this and schmo me this and blow me this. I'm not going to do it. But I want to at least cover it. It's part of the conversation. It's the only thing happening in the news at the moment. So we're going to talk about it a little bit, but we're going to move on to other stuff here, too. So let's do this. Let's take a break. We've got a big show going all the way till midnight, 700 WLW. Facts 951 here on The Big One. Look, trust me, I, I, if you think I'm going to talk about Comey and the investigation all the way till midnight, you're absolutely nuts. Got to cover it a little bit. Wanted to talk a little tensing, but now we're going to move on. One of the things we're going to discuss at some point tonight is, look, I'm getting ready to go on a vacation on uh, Saturday. Okay? Me and my wife, son, my sister, her husband, we're going to go up to a, uh, We're going up in the northeast. okay? And I wonder if this happens with other people out there. Like there's different type of vacationers, right? Different like what people like to do on vacation. Some people like to relax and kind of rejuvenate and just kind of chill, and other people like to explore and look at stuff and have an agenda. That that's me, okay? I want to I want to go explore everything we are. I want to be active. I want to look at new stuff. I want to try to fit in a bunch of sites and this and that. My wife is the complete opposite in that she likes to. Just relax, go somewhere, relax. Let's find some, you know, something cool, whether it's a beach or whether it's uh, something in nature, this and that. And, and I wonder if other people have that have that issue when you're trying to plan a vacation. Now, and again, right, we're, it's we're, we're, there's a lot of things we both like and, you know, we, we've agreed to go where we're going and it's going to be fantastic. But uh, a week into it, I, I just know from other past vacations we've taken, especially when we've gone to the beach, she can lay on the beach. And, and just enjoy the sun and read a book. And I want to shoot myself. I, after like five minutes, I'm like, can we go do something? Can we go look at something? Can we go try to find, I don't know, just see something other than just sitting here. So uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. The other thing we're going to talk about at some point is, you know, and this kind of flows from that vacation conversation, is what kind of spender are you? Okay, because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm from a you know German kind of family, and I think that Germans are notoriously cheap, right? And to Germans, the other thing Germans do in terms of money is um, they don't like to spend money on things that you can't hold, hold in your hand afterward, right? My dad is like that, and and I'm kind of like that. It's hard to spend money on a an experience or a a, a you know th- that sort of thing that after when it's all said and done, you can't hold it in your hand afterward. I'm trying to be more along the lines of the, hey, let's, 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 let's try to go somewhere cool and, and have an experience, pay money on that versus a thing which you can't take with you. And you never, you know, five, ten years from now, no one remembers that thing that they got. No one can remember a, 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 most of the Christmas presents they got when they were young. But usually everyone can remember a, a family vacation or can remember a, some sort of experience, some sort of excursion. That happened right so I 'm trying to kind of more on that, but then also along those lines what what do people like to spend their money? On? There are there certain things you like to splurge on, other things that you you won 't spend a nickel on? I, I think that's kind of fascinating too, so we 'll do all that, but uh, here's what we 're going to do uh, we're going to take a break and when we come back here we're at the top of the hour news and I got a guy coming on his name's Danny Milligan okay and this is a, i'm switching one hundred and eighty degrees on here, but his name is Danny Milligan he was a, um, a two time state champion at Saint Xavier High School. A uh, four-year letter winner at UC, uh, great kicker, great wide receiver, and he started a camp, okay, a kicking camp and a wide receiver skills camp, and I think the kicking camp especially is going to be lights out because as a guy, you know, I used to have a linebacker training academy, I had a speed and agility academy I had for five or six years that was very successful. But and and there's people that do that. There's people around town that do quarterback skills training. There's people that do you know speed and agility. People do linebacker. But there's I don't know many people out there, if anybody, that's doing a kicking camp, kicking skills, like personal training sort of situation. Okay, when he but now he's doing that. He has the accolades. He has the instruction. He's kind of starting this thing out. But I also want to get inside his head and kind of figure out what's it like being being a kicker, right? With the Bengals with Mike Nugent this past year. You could argue they lost two games, and Mike Nugent was throughout his career. It was a very, very good kicker. But it's almost like sometimes kickers get to that point where things are going great, and then they shank one, they miss one, and then their mind just gets in the way, and they can't, they can't seem to get it right, right? And it's a confidence thing. I don't know what it is. So we'll talk about that and much, much more. And that's after the news. Stick around. Seven hundred WLW. All right, it's hour number two, of The Rocky Boyman Show, News Radio 700 WLW. Make sure you check out my blog, 700WLW.com. Search word Rocky Boyman. I put a flyer up there uh, today about something called the Southwest Football Academy, which is run by someone by the name of Danny Milligan. Okay, Danny Milligan, if you don't know who that is, uh, former St. Xavier, great. Okay, it was all city. Uh, all state offensive player of the year in high school then went on to u c and played for four years down there had a great career both as a kicker and as a wide receiver now that 's a combination you don 't really see that often but uh, anyway, tremendous player in both at both those positions well and he has now opened up a skills training academy now if you recall that 's something I used to do i did linebacker skills I did speed and agility things like that and it's it's a very cool thing to go into when you can pass on knowledge you've learned and playing at the high school and college and and beyond and and pass that on to young people who want to get better at their sport and hopefully get a scholarship and overall just get better at the sport that they love so he started this academy up and one of the things in terms of kicking that that is a true skill Okay, that is something that's, I mean, it's a lot like golf in that there's a lot of mental things that go into it, and, and something, a lot of repetition, and you got you want to know, you, you got to know what you're doing when it comes to that, and I don't think there's anything like that going on in the city, but I wanted to bring on Danny and talk a little bit more about that, the one and only Danny Milligan. Danny, how are you, buddy? Hey,
7: Rocky. I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight?
1: Doing very good, man. So
7: before we get into,
1: you know, the academy and things like that, I, I want you to just take us inside the mind of a kicker. As I said before the break, uh, you know, here locally, Mike Nugent, right, for the Bengals was a good kicker for a long, long time. Years and years and years he was, a, you know, not amazing, but a very good kicker. Well, this past season missed a kick early on, and then one missed kick turned into a bunch of missed kicks, <laughs> and he wound up getting released. And I have to, I just wonder, just tell, tell us right now, take us inside the mind of a kicker what goes through your mind, and what is the preparation like as you go to, to do that skill that looks so easy, yet is so difficult to do?
7: Well, it's so difficult, you know. Uh, you got guys just sitting on the sideline constantly uh, thinking about every little technique that you're going through. And just like you said, uh, golf is um, a mental game. It's uh, you got to really configure kind of what you're going to do, where the ball is going to end up being at, and... It's all mental where you're picturing exactly what you're going to be doing at that exact time. Um, I've seen a lot of kickers kind of go through struggles. Luckily for me, I was playing wide receiver uh, i was not I was able to keep my mind on a different part of the game. Uh, so when I came out there uh, it it was all routine at that point. I had nothing really to think about uh, right and
1: that's very interesting what you just said there because I think often a, a kicker's Mind is their own worst enemy. Like you said, most, most kickers are kicking whatever, five, six, seven times if you're lucky a game. If, you're lucky, course, yeah. if you're lucky, yeah. And during the course of three, three and a half hours. So there's a lot of time to think, a lot of time to think about what went, what you did wrong, a lot of thought time to think about how much the fans hate you, a lot of time to think (laughs) about how much your own teammates hate you for missing that that kick. So, to your point, the fact that you were able to be a receiver and you're in the flow of the game and this and that, and oh hey, oh I got a kick here too, you were you were able to kind of overcome that the the mental hardships of, of becoming a kicker where you're sitting there with nothing but you and your own thoughts.
7: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you never want to let your teammates down uh, when you go into a situation where it's either just hitting an extra point It's something as simple as that. Uh, now they made it a little more difficult on the NFL level this uh, past couple of years. But usually you think, you know, this guy does this every day, he's, you know, it's the same routine, what, what's going on? Well, he's only controlling really 15, 20% of that. I mean, you have the snapper, you have the holder you you can't control the wind you have to play all that and there's so many things that go into it and that's what really it be-
0: Hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
7: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It becomes a mental game and it's just a confidence. And once that confidence gets shattered, you know, it's something you have to you have to work on and rebuild. And, you know, that, it's not easy.
1: Now, was there something you did, uh, and, uh, I guess, some sort of a, of a repetition kind of thing, uh, some sort of steps you took to make sure that you were always... I, you know, a lot of times when people follow a plan, that kind of keeps them in the flow, in the movement. What, what was it for you that kept you mentally focused on what you had to do and how to do it correctly?
7: You know, what I kind of really uh, found to be most helpful for, helpful for me was once I get into that field, uh, a great uh, co- a coach of mine uh, over at St. X, he goes, look, black everything out except for right down the middle. You know, the only thing you want to see is in that background uh, of the field goal post. So, you focus on that one little target, whether it's a person, you know, behind the stands or behind the field goal post, or it's a flagpole, like the American flag, and that's usually what is behind that. So that's usually what I, I aimed at. Really? So, so, you, so you
1: you picked out a specific thing, and you know, the old saying, uh, "Aim small, miss small," right? So if you exactly. pick out a small, specific person or a flag or a whatever, a, a can of beer someone's holding, that that <laughs> that, that, that enables you to, to to do a better kick, right?
7: That's that's exactly, and then you just have to hold confidence in in the teammates that you have holding and snapping, and you know the edge rushers and everything. You, you expect everyone to do their job, just so you can do your job at, at the highest level.
1: Danny Milligan, join us on the show. Make sure you check out my blog seven hundred wlw com. Search word Rocky Boyman. I got a flyer up. Uh, Danny has started a a uh, an academy, Southwest Football Academy, where he gives instructions on both agility, receiving, and also. Kicking. I want to stay on the on the kicking subject here for a minute, Danny. What, what, you, you talked a second ago about about wind. How does a kicker factor in wind? I mean, do you do you judge the mile per hour, and then you say, well, that means I gotta I gotta aim it over you know three four yards to the left. I, how does all that work? I don't think anybody really knows how kickers factor in wind and weather.
7: Yeah, well, I'll tell you the most difficult place I kicked at was Paul Bar- Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, you know the wind. On ground level could be one way. And then once that ball goes up in the air, it's a complete tornado. Uh, depending on which way you're facing, it, it really kind of messes with your head, messes with the ball. Uh, it's repetition. Uh, you got to practice it. Uh, and then eventually you kind of figure out, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be kind of line driving this a little more than usual. I'm not going to pop it up in the air. Uh, you know, it's a 35 yard field goal. So, you know, I, I'm going to kind of hit it a little to the left and you know, it's almost a science, really, but it becomes more natural instinct. I feel like, uh, you know, when you really step up to uh, the game situation.
1: Kickers that that aren't successful, maybe what's some of the the most common mistakes that they make? Whether it's you know at the next level, college pro, or or your average high school kicker out there, youth kicker. What, what's the one thing consistently you see kickers do that's wrong?
7: Uh, not being consistent uh, with the power. You know, a lot of kickers and extra points are like, oh, I'll just chip this one in. You know, okay, 15 yards back, I'll, I'll put a little more power on. Then you get to like that 40-yard 40 marker, 45, depending on, you know, how talented you really are. And, and you try to give everything you got. And with you not being consistent, uh, your body doesn't really know how to react. You misstep. You uh, take too big of a step and you miss hit the ball, and it, it sometimes can be embarrassing. So even for an extra point, you should be treating that like that's your deepest field goal, that's a 50-yard field goal every time, uh, really um, kind of focusing uh, on the motion, the technique, and, and that follow-through.
1: So in other words, in a way, it's the same as a swing in baseball, uh, a swing in golf. You don't judge on the, on the distance or how fast the ball is coming or this, that, and the other. You don't change the the swing; that remains consistent. It's just the the timing of it and, and things like that to keep things consistent. Absolutely, absolutely. Danny Milligan, joined us here on the show, Danny. Now this was different for you because you play also played wide receiver, but I wonder if you have any experience in this. And I, I just know from playing at every level I played at that a lot of people on the team. Would ostracize the kickers because they didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to be out at practice and practice as much, and they'd come out for an hour and kick a little bit and then go, go home, and and this, this, and that sort of thing. How did you deal with the fact that? And again, your situation was different, but how do you, how do you feel kickers deal with the understanding that again that you're, you're it's hard because you're on the team, but you don't sometimes you don't feel like you're on the team. How's that kind of
7: work? Yeah, actually, that's funny you mention that. I, I remember. Specifically, my freshman year uh, over at UC, we had a couple kickers, and you know, you're right. I was playing wide receiver, so I, you know, I'm out there. I'm running drills, I'm doing sprints, and I see these guys after the first two periods go in. They start playing cornhole at two a days you know, they're hanging out. Hey, but, you know, guys. <laughs> but I mean, like, hey, you guys. Uh, you know, when we need you, we need you, and uh, you know, right. whatever helps you keep you focused, whatever uh, routines you got, you don't want to mess with that. Some. Each each person's very unique, uh, very different, and and you have to handle that with care. It's uh, you, you some people you can yell at, and you can try to push to motivate. Others you have to you know take back, put put a be individual with them, and uh, kind of walk them through uh, as you will. And uh, you know, kickers kickers are a unique brand, and uh, you, you got to treat them a little different sometimes.
1: Well, uh, you're right, and I think, I sp- and I can speak specifically at the professional level. Most guys don't really, you know, they understand. Look, you're here for a purpose, and you know, and all this and that. We're not going to, uh, you know, ostracize you because you're not practicing as much. And to that point, funny story, Danny. When my, I guess it was my rookie year, or second year, uh, when I was with the Titans, uh, our kicker Joe Nedney got hurt, and we want to bring in a, back a kicker by the name of Gary Anderson. If you know who that oh, name yeah. is, absolutely. And and Gary Anderson was. He was playing in the I mean He had played. This is like his twentieth year. He was in retirement. And he was he had kicked forever, and literally he was the last guy in the NFL. And I know because everybody in the locker room would steal his helmet and put it on. But it was the last guy that had that single bar face mask, right? Yeah. So everyone thought that was hilarious just to put that on and take whatever, take pictures and stuff. Either way, <laughs> he had his contract, Danny, that he would show. So we would have the game, right? And he lived. He lived in um, uh, British Columbia. Okay, so. The game, everyone normally flies back from the game site back to home, you know, in this case to Nashville. He would have, he would fly directly back to British Columbia and he did not have to be back at the facility until (laughs) Thursday. Okay, Gotta love it. Thursday at like five o'clock when we did, you know, PAT field gore or whatever. Until then, no one wanted to see him. No one had to see. Him. He wrote that into his contract. <laughs> and of course, with him, he's obviously he is who he is. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, man, that's, that'd be a cool job. Show up, you know, twice a week, man, a couple hours a day. It's not bad. As long as you're doing your job, man, no one cares, right?
7: Yeah, absolutely. And when you when you have a name like that, uh, I, I think you can get away with it. <laughs> so don't blame him there.
1: No, absolutely not. Uh, Danny Milligan, join us. Make sure you check out my blog. I got a flyer. He's starting a uh, kicking um, a kicking camp as well as uh, receiving and overall agility. Uh, Danny, what what I guess got you. Into this, I know you just started it out. You were in the business world, and you, you kind of wanted to involve into, into getting this, uh, you know, private lessons and, and academy thing going. What what kind of inspired you to do that?
7: Yeah, I, I'm still in the business world, still loving that. Uh, but you know, each day you kind of wake up, you look yourself in the mirror, and you go, "How can I get a little bit better today?" Um, and that's kind of a you know, a little quote out of the coach spec book there from St. X. But uh, you know. I love working with people. I love helping uh, and you know, working some of the Sanex youth camps over the years and then uh, being able to help some of the uh, younger kickers uh, back in college and then some of the even the high school kids. I just found such great uh, warmth from seeing them improve and being so grateful for me taking my time out of the day to help them. Uh, I I think at the end of the day, that's the most important. What what can I do to contribute uh, to help somebody else get a little bit better each and every day? And and that's really my goal is, you know, I want to take this, make it very technique driven. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be telling you, hey, go lift these weights or do anything. There, there's people who, you know, graduated, got degrees to do all that. I, I'm here to share my experiences, yes. uh, experience of other people who've told me how to kick better, how to play receiver better, uh, pick apart film and uh, kind of go from there. And, you know, what can, you know, the goal, Every day should be get a little bit better, and and that's what I aim to do with whoever I work with.
1: No question about it. And Danny, let me just tell you, is a guy who who's done this. I did the whole academy thing and training, working with kids, the the, the parents and the kids. They're they're not buying kicking skills they're buying you you know they're buying your personality they're buying your dedication to what you're doing they're they're buying the fact that you're going to go the extra mile and give them what they need to get better not only at their sport but but to get better in life to become a better person Absolutely. and a harder working person so as long as you do that man you're going to be very very successful so i encourage everyone out there if you have a uh, a kid who's maybe at the youth level, going into high school, is in high school right now. And, uh, look, we all uh, you know, many kids out there with a the price of college, you want a scholarship, you want to be able to come the best person you can be at your craft. And if you are a kicker, make sure you check out Danny's camp and uh, try to get the best instruction out there. And, uh, man, I, I'm really excited for you, Danny. I think you're going to do a great job, man. And uh, let, let us know how things go, all right?
7: I appreciate it, Rock. Thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I look forward to anybody out there that's willing to get a little bit better and uh, able to choose me to to do that job for them.
1: Very good. I, I know you'll do a great job, man. Thanks so much for joining me.
7: Thanks. You have a great one.
1: Uh, you too. Danny Miller, again, check out the flyer on my blog, 700-WLW.com, search word Rocky Boyman. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, look, I want to kind of you know re- reset things a little bit and just try to get some good discussion going. I want to talk a little bit about the Reds during the course of this the rest of the show here. I also want to, again, I want to, I want to get this topic going because I think it's fascinating. There's Obviously, we live in a consumer-driven world, right? Every single place you turn, every second of every day, no matter what you're doing, if you're driving down the highway or you're sitting at your computer, there's something being advertised to you, right? Someone is trying to get your money at all times of every day. So I'm interested in what do you choose to spend your money on? Some people, like I think it's ridiculous that people buy $300 sunglasses. I cannot understand it whatsoever. But you talk to people that buy $300 sunglasses, they can most of the time justify that. And while that person may buy $300 sunglasses, they will not spend $2,000 on on a nice car. You know, where some people might say, look, I want to make sure my car is good and I can get to where I'm going. So I just think it's kind of fascinating what people – Choose to spend their money on what they'll splurge on, what they won't splurge on. So, we'll talk about that and much, much more. The Rocky Boyman Show, 700 WLW. All right. So, what do you splurge on? Okay. Well, what do you, of all the things you can spend money on out there, what are some things you have no problem spending, you know, a higher degree of money on? And what are some things that you can't even fathom spending a nickel on? For me, I'm kind of the point in my life where when it comes to tools, and, and, for example, I was at Home Depot uh, a few days ago, and I bought a rake because the rake I had broke, and I bought the best rake they had right It was you know forty it had no, thirty five, i think it was like forty dollars right and my wife 's like, "What is the matter with you? Why would you, why, would you buy, why do you have to have the best rake And my point is when you when you have a tool when you own a tool, you want that tool to work so from my perspective i 'd rather buy the good tool one time than the crappy tool three times right the the 15 dollar rake has thinner metal on it the, the handle's thinner on it it only has one bolt in it you know kind of holding things together so that- okay round two name something that's not
0: boring
4: a laundry oh a book club computer
7: solitaire huh Ah,
0: oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process by law. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Things are going to break. I can justify buying, which seems stupid to a lot of people, a $40 rake because I can say, well, that's something I'll have for a long, long time. Now, my wife, mind blown, couldn't understand it whatsoever. So, what's something you? At this, whatever point you are in life, splurge on. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Jake in Ohio. Jake, what, what's your, what's the thing you don't mind spending money on?
3: Guns, Rocky, and more guns. Nah, yeah.
1: <laughs> See? Why? Jake, are you married? Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, now she... t- tell me you haven't told your wife the following. It's an investment, honey. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Rocky, See? I've
3: actually called, to you, called and talked to you about this before in the past. <laughs> And she doesn't understand why it costs so much. And I say, babe, listen, I've got to have the best one because I've got to protect my family. Yes. And she says, well, you don't need fifteen guns to protect
1: the family. <laughs> and you say, you never know. You, you yeah, have no, you have. Right. You never know. There's no. You never know, be too careful, right? Right. And you know, today, Rocky, I was,
3: uh, I was at home trying to get the pool all ready for the summer, and um, I got a, I got an email. Um, it was a. Uh, it was a pistol, uh, red dot, goes on my pistol, was on sale. It's a regular $600 pistol, 350 bucks. I was like, I've got to go get this thing. So I drive all the way down to Cabela's, pick it up, just drop 350 bucks like that. Nice. And, yeah. and, you know, when you say to splurge on something, you know, that's definitely a splurge. And, uh, you know, it, I kind of feel bad when I say this, but when it comes to, like, my kids' clothes, <laughs> um, you know,
4: I've got I've
3: got three kids, five, three, and one. Right. And my wife, you know, she'll 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 get my card, of course, because I buy my gun. Right. And you know, she'll go and spend a couple hundred bucks on the kids' clothes, and I just. They, I'm like babe, They
1: only wear them for yeah. a couple months, and then you're either giving them away or something. Yeah, they grow that. out of them. They this and that. I, I agree with you, man. The spent buying the. I mean, just even for myself to buy great clothes, can't justify it. But you're right, guns. I'll. I'll. That's fine. I will. I will. I will pinch my pennies to save it up to to buy that that gun I like. Jake, we got it run, but thank you for the call. Thank all
3: right,
1: you. thanks, Rocky. I'll talk- yep. All right, nope. sorry, cut you off there. Um, anyway, let's do this. Let's take a break because I'm way late. We'll continue this discussion after the news. Seven hundred WLW. All right, welcome back to the show. It's ten thirty seven. We're finally back. Um, look, we're we're gonna get back into discussing the the hearings today and Trump and all that stuff. I I gotta take a little bit of a break and and because I, I think it's kind of a fascinating conversation. And uh, I I kind of stole this from Mo because I know he was talking about it. Somehow the other day, I don't even know what, how, what led him to it. But again, it's things, things you'll splurge on things that you're, you're tight on. But it kind of came to me because my wife and I were having that discussion. I just talked about last break about buying the rake and she could not understand it. And her and I are very, very different in that like she will, or I, I can't spend money on like, like small little things. Like it absolutely pains me. To pull into a gas station and buy a Gatorade or buy a pop, and I know it's like a or whatever it is, but I would a million years can't do that because I'm like, well, I got I got, I got a, you know a six pack of twelve pack of Coke or whatever at home for literally pennies versus going in and wasting two bucks on a bottle of Coke. I can't do it, right? So in like little stuff like that, like you know shirts and just, just crap, I, I I can't spend money on on crap. Whereas I will save the the small, you know, I will save my money for big things. Now, big purchases, I, I can do it at the drop of a hat, right? Because in my head, I know that I've saved and I've pinched my pennies on when it comes to little things. So I can then afford a big thing. She is the complete opposite. When it comes to like a, a big purchase, you know, whether it's a, a car or something like that, she freaks out, can't do it, but but like little things, she can do it all day long. Well, I went to Target and it was on sale. Well, just because it's on sale doesn't mean you have to buy it, right? So her and I are the complete opposite on that. So again, what do you what do you splurge on? What do you uh, what is something that you can't even fathom spending any amount of money on? Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Loveland and talk to Joe. Joe, you're on the big one. What's the thing that you can uh, justifiably splurge on?
6: Uh, sunglasses.
1: Sunglasses. Now that's an interesting one. So, cause a lot of people say, say, a lot of people say like, why, why would you spend two, $300 on a pair of sunglasses? You sit on them, they break. What is your justification for that?
6: Well, I buy Maui gyms because they have a lifetime warranty on the frames. Mm-hmm. And if you scratch the lenses, you can send them back and they'll swap the lenses out for like 60
4: bucks.
1: Really, so so no. kind of the same thing as me then with the the, the shovel or the rake. Whereas you, yeah. if you buy well, quality, tools, you can
6: tools. Yeah, tools are always worth buying good stuff. Like I used to buy just Craftsman, but who knows we're gonna eat, where we're going to get Craftsman now?
1: No, yeah, with Sear, I Sears Black going on right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah,
6: well, I think Black and Decker bottom. They might continue the line, but I bought a Craftsman rake. All right, yeah. right at the Fields Ertle and Montgomery Road Sears because. They actually will replace the rake when the tongs break off. Really? You get a lifetime warranty on their rakes.
1: Well, yeah, yep. Craftsman you get a lifetime warranty on everything, right? Whether it's right. a wrench or right. anything like that. Yeah, those are good exactly. tools.
6: Exactly. Wrench, blowers, you know, mowers, all that kind of stuff. Well, and, and but, to,
1: your, to your point on the sunglasses too. You, you, if you think about it, what is more important in life than your vision? Right? Not right. much. That's right? Very you, know, true. you only get That's two. You only get two eyes, so you you should probably. Right take care of them but a lot of people won't buy an expensive pair of sunglasses they'll buy the cheap ones that aren't as uv rated or whatever so they can afford money for some other thing crap thing
6: i've had i've had these maui gems replaced three times and i've owned them since 2006 so i've had them for 11
1: years it's not bad. What, what else? Anything right. else that you like, and were, g- go and like, well, like pulls? I like, uh,
6: you know, I like uh, nice clothes for myself. So like I got a buddy that has a tuxedo shop, but you know, I'll buy end of season long sleeve shirts from him. You know, they're like $200 Italian shirts for 50, 40, you know, sometimes 35 bucks. No, that, no, that,
1: that, that's a good deal, and then, but but you you wouldn't right. spend two three hundred dollars on that sh- no, shirt. No, I you? would not spend two hundred
6: dollars okay. on a shirt. So that, I would that, that's, that's I'd, I'd, find, yeah. I'd find the sales like I go to the outlet mall, you know, up there on sixty three, and I get all my Under Armour stuff up there, you know, the spandex shirts and yeah, the upper shirts, the jackets, shorts, you know, golf pants. No,
1: that that, that makes sense, but it, but to me, I, I guess you know you're, you're you know I'm married and all stuff. Like, why do I need a an expensive shirt to go. I'm not going out to a club. Like literally, my entire closet is like, collared shirts and in black shirts, like black long sleeve shirts. Because that part of it too is I don't have to really think about what I'm going to wear. Just kind of grab, yeah, grab the next like, one. Uh, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. That's you know, exactly he right. Same, he owned five suits. He owned five suits, and he said it was right. Einstein. Right? Is that an Einstein right. thing?
6: You don't. Have, yeah, you don't have to think about what you're going to wear. You know, Joe. How great, nice a, how, you great, can...
1: how great of a movie was that? By the way.
6: That was a fantastic.
1: Movie. <laughs> Joe, we got to run, buddy. Thank you for the call, All right, Rocky. Be you, good. You too, man. See ya. Yeah, man. Different people, different different things they'll, they'll they'll go with clothes. Can't do it, you know. But you know, of course, there was at uh, some point in my life when I was, you know, you're young, and you're single, and you're going out. Yeah, you want to have something nice to wear and impress everybody. But now, no way, can't do it. Clothes, I can't do. I, I guess I'd say the only thing I really again spend. Good money on our tools. Like, I, I, cause I, I figure if you're going to get a job done, you don't want the tool breaking. You want to make sure that tool is there when you need it. Right. So that, that I can justifiably go with. Um, when it comes to my kids, that, that, that's, that's an easy one. You know, whatever, whatever that he needs or, you know, that I, you know, we, you know, my wife just bought him a, uh, like a jungle gym kind of, kind of thing for the yard. And that was easy because, no, it wasn't easy because that was, it was kind of expensive. But, you say, okay, this is something he'll have. He loves it. He loves playing on the slides and this and that. So easy. No problem at all. So let's do this. Uh, We've got a big show to go on here. We'll continue to talk about Comey. We'll talk about Trump. We'll talk about can you, this conversation, about things you'll, you'll splurge on. We'll talk about also um, different types of vacationer you are. Are you a relaxer or an explorer when it comes to vacations? We'll do that. We'll talk some res. We'll talk about much, much more. Stick around. 700-WLW. So you remember the other night we had the discussion uh, on the Extra Earnings Show about um, why we were, we were trying to figure out why the rate of black you know, African-American men participating in Major League Baseball is so low. It's at 7.1%, which is a all-time low or lowest since 1958. And we were trying to talk about why that is. And one of the consensus things I think we all figured out through discussion was Couple things. First of all, obviously, just baseball in general from a youth participation level is is drastically low, lower than it was years ago, because it's a slower sport. Um, kids are a little bit more ADD, a little bit more. Hey, we want some action. We want it now. Short attention spans. Plus, there's just more sports. Period. All right? There's lacrosse. Uh, Soccer is, of course, big. There's rugby leagues out there. So certain. So, so that's part of it. The other thing we talked about was. You know, and one of the the major conclusions was one of the issues is the the income right the the income gap, and I guess you know if you, the statistical averages, I believe it was white families on average make seventy one thousand three hundred dollars, while black families it's forty one thousand five hundred dollars. So almost half the amount of money taxable income across the country. That's that's just statistically, and you take that in consideration with the fact that. Baseball is becoming a, lack of a better term, a, a rich man's sport, right? It's no longer the, the Sandlot Leagues. It's no longer just, hey, you know, the whole Baseball Leagues. It is travel baseball at a young age. And baseball equipment is expensive. The traveling is expensive. And one of the things, too, is we had a guy who called him, he was a hitting coach, and he made a good point is a lot of these players now, in order to make it, you have to have the hitting instructor and you have to have the pitching coach and you have to have the speed and agility train. All that costs money, 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 money. Whereas if you're of a you know lower income sort of situation, you can't afford that. So what do you need to play basketball? You need a ball and a hoop. And a lot of these AAU leagues, yes, there's select there's a select aspect to it, but there's so many leagues that even if you're not like the best of the best, you can still go and play on that. You can still you can still play on a Local team that's not necessarily traveling all over the country, but with all that said, I got an email from a guy I believe his name was Alan White, and he made a good point and that is if if it's just about if it's just the money right and the fact that baseball is becoming expensive to play, and that is the reason why why black men are not choosing to play baseball anymore if that's the reason, then why are there so many good exceptional baseball players coming out of cuba dominican south america south of the border right i mean for, for the most part those by and large statistically the dominican cuba etc are much much lower um financial situations going on there so if it's just about money and a socio reasons then why is why is the Dominican putting out baseball players? Why is Cuba putting out so many baseball players? I just thought that was interesting. It's a very, it's a very astute comment by, by a listener. So, anyway, if you have more comments on that, that's the deal. Call the show, 513-749-7000. pounds 700, AT&T, 1-800 is the big one. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Mike in Kentucky. Mike, you've been waiting a long time, buddy. Fire away, please. Hey, Rock.
4: Those, those Cubans and Dominicans, they make baseball gloves up hard for
1: Right. Well, see, but that—that's—that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is you know the, the the money aspect is is not is not impeding their development becoming phenomenal, great baseball players. So why is it stopping kids in America? That's a, it's a question.
5: You got to have the desire. And it, you,
1: you do. You well, gotta have the desire, but you also have to have the interest. And I, for whatever reason, a lot of the interest isn't there among the black the community interest, playing yeah. baseball. Yeah.
4: One thing about the. Uh, about the Russian investigation. Have you noticed that that Putin he badmouths the United States left and right, but yet you never hear Trump say a word about Russia? What? Well, why is that, you think?
1: Well, I mean, because it, I think that Trump... Am, you know, right?
4: Am I right or wrong on that?
1: No, you're right. I, I really, like, a lot of the Democrats and, and ultra-liberals think that Trump and, and Putin are like best friends in the United States and Russia are, are buddy-buddy, but that's very, very far from the truth. But I think where Trump is smart is he's saying, why start a fight? Well, this is not the Cold War. This is not Mikhail Gorbachev. Why start a fight and get on the wrong side of Russia? Let's try to work together with them because, in a way, they're at least our natural ally against ISIS and terrorism. So, yeah, we don't have to agree on everything, and I don't agree, you know, don't justify what Putin and say does, but let's coexist a little bit instead of trying to be at each other's throats. So the problem is you have so many people. A lot of Democrats in Washington and in the John McCain's of the world, that, for whatever reason, want war with Russia, and I never, I, I have no idea why. I don't understand.
4: And the other thing is, one last thing, I hear Huckabee Sanders and his lawyers say that uh, that, uh, that that Trump didn't lie. Well, how would they know? There were only two people in those meetings, that was, and and, and neither one of them are there.
1: Well, yeah, and of course Comey's going to say he lied. I mean, Trump fired him. Was he going to give a glowing uh, account of what happened between him and Trump? No, of course not. So my, uh, point is, yeah.
4: my point is that Sanders and and in his personal lawyer, they, they said that uh, Trump didn't lie. How would they know?
1: They, they they don't know that. That's the thing. It's more speculation, and that's what at, you, least, at
4: right? least at least Comey was on the road.
1: He he was under oath, but but that that's as sure as I'm sitting here. That's what's going to be the story tomorrow. The whole. Trump colluded with Russia. That was blown out of the water today, and that's been the, the the golden calf they've been looking for for like seven months. And Comey, under oath, a guy who was just fired by Trump, even with all those circumstances, just said that no, nope, Trump was not under investigation, and no, r- Russia did not um, did, did not uh, change any votes in the election. So what they're gonna have to go with it. tomorrow is oh, well, Trump lied. Trump's a liar. That, that's what's going on right now. It's gonna just gonna well, continue. You you pick a
4: fight with the media, and you you are not going to win. You are not going to win.
1: You're not, and and I often think about that though, Mike. Like, should Trump kind of cool it with the media and calling him out? Well, of but course
4: hey, of course he should. He should cool it with Twitter and the media.
1: Now, I I, I don't. Here's the only thing though. I, I agree with you. I, I wish he just put the the Twitter stuff. He's going to tweet out about you know like, hey, we got this economic uh, package coming down the line. Hey, that. But but the whole like. Hey, uh, I'm 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 treated so unfairly by the media. He comes across as a baby, and he needs to stop it. No one likes someone that that is poor me, poor me. You're a tough yeah, guy. Be a tough guy, he's right? Got,
4: he's got people a lot smarter than himself telling him to cool it, and he won't do it.
1: he think got to stop. A, a Not amen, to stop. Amen. 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 And and I, I guess the reason why he he goes after the media is first of all it's red meat to his ardent supporters. And and I used to kind of think it was cool and stuff, but I wish he again just stop. But I guess maybe his justification is um, they're they're not going to stop anyway, so why not I at least you know kind of rattle yeah. up my base a little bit? I don't know if that's the right strategy or not. I think I not. Think but
4: I think it's going to be harder and harder to find people that voted for him as we go along. You have a good
1: night. Yeah, you too, Mike. Thank you very much for the call. Well, I I, I still think you know I, I still think obviously his base is firmly in this camp, and in the in the majority of Americans. The ones that don't care about the ins and outs of the Comey investigation and in Russia and Mike Flynn and all this stuff that want lower taxes, they want to take home more money, they give the government. they want to make sure their kids are safe, that their kids are, that their daughter's uh, nursery school isn't getting blown up. They want to make sure, again, taxes are low, th- th- those sort of things, the things the average American cares about, I think they'll continue to care about that, but those things have to continue to get done. Okay, now getting out of the Paris Accord, I thought that was a good that was a good thing. Uh, hopefully, care will get passed. All that, but that needs to continue to happen. So, in order for that to happen, right, when you get through these investigations, which means he needs to stop tweeting out there and and causing more chaos because the Republicans in the in, in the uh, in the Senate and the House are scared and they're scared of the media and they're scared to do anything. They're scared they're going to get called out. They have no, a lot of them don't have a lot of fortitude. So they react to that, and they're not going to work on legislation because they feel like they got to be on the defensive about what Trump said about them, what the media is going to say about them. So cut it out and move forward with the agenda, or else the people will speak. We saw the last election. The people spoke. didn't matter what the media said about them, what was going to happen, this, that, and the other. The people spoke, and that's what's going to happen this time. Let's do this. We'll take a break. I'm way late. We'll come back with more 700 WLW. You smell! what the rock is cooking! All right, tower number three, the Rocky Boyman Show on News Radio 700 WLW. I uh, just recapping uh, some of the, the Reds' action here. Listening to the game today. That thing is amazing, man. I mean, a four game sweep of the cards. It hasn't happened since 2003. Here are the pitchers, right? They're the pitchers that won games for the Reds. Asher Wojciechowski, Tim Edelman, Bronson Arroyo, and today Scott Feldman. Okay, those are the, the starting pitchers, right? This wasn't Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you know, this wasn't Jeff Smart. It wasn't like dominant pitchers that went out there and did this. This also was some pretty good pitchers on the side of the St. Louis Cardinals. Martinez, Wainwright, Lynn, Mike Leak went today. Um, I don't know. I just think it's it's cool, man. I talked about it last night. What makes this team so fun to watch? And that is again in a day and age where there's so many things that can you can turn to for your entertainment. What will what will keep your eye? What will bring your eyeballs to toward a an event, a sport, a TV, a television? Well, it's it's if you think you can see something that is improbable, right? Something that's improbable, but there's a chance you will see it. You'll stick around, which, and that is, in the case of the Reds, a comeback. How many times has this team been down, middle of the game, late in the game, and they find a way to come back and win it? That is a surefire way to get excitement, a surefire way to get people to be interested in your sport. The other reason that why people watch and hang around and watch the Reds and what what's going on right here this year is the fact that you want to see who is it going to be. What player is it going to be? And the fact that a lot of times it's not a superstar that's getting things done—that's that, that's cool. There's an element of excitement to that. There's an element of interest. And there's just you go up and down this roster, and you, you see the players that again these are like I mean, other than Joey Votto, these aren't from a positional standpoint, not just big time names, big time contract guys, but a lot of good stories, good stories that are interesting. All right, you got you know Scott Schebler. Right, the question coming into this year: What well, is he going to hit the way he did last year? Well, is it is it among the league leaders in home runs in the National League? you Eugenio Suarez. Well, he can hit the ball, but God, is he a liability at third base? Well, he's no longer a liability at third base. Right? What about this you know, Scooter Jeanette guy? I remember when he was with the Brewers. Man, this guy seemed this guy's turned out to be phenomenal. Did something that is is probably you know the, the the chance of happening again in a Reds uniform is man it is is a long shot right you got you know uh Devin Meserako that story of a guy who missed close to 2 years and has come back and the other day had the walk-off home run versus Atlanta and starting to get back in the flow of things a little bit right you got Billy Hamilton so there there's so many things about this team while they're not dominant they're not I hate to say it, who knows if they'll be, I mean, the likelihood of them being a playoff team in a division that includes the Chicago Cubs is tough, it's slim, but who knows? I'm not not counting them out. But if nothing else, man, they're interesting. They're fun to watch. They're interesting. And, again, another big win today, four-game sweep of the Cardinals. I just remember year after year, time after time, game after game versus the Cardinals, right? Play the St. Louis Cardinals. You might as well just go ahead and mark an L down. Certainly mark an L down for the series because winning two out of three or three out of four was not going to happen. And my God, the Reds go ahead and take four out of four. I think that's fantastic. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand pounds seven hundred AT and T one eight hundred a big one. I, and I was thinking about this during the break because you know I know locally, of course, the big story is the Ray Tensing trial, and they finally settled on a jury. Okay, and this jury will uh, that's going to uh, see this case made up of, of three blacks um, and nine whites. That's uh, it's different than the first time there was two blacks and ten whites. So, and of course, in a case with racial implications, you have to wonder, will the jury, the racial makeup of that, take a part in that? Well, I'm, I'm not going to answer that or comment on that, but I, I was just thinking about how important is a jur- is the jury. You know what I mean? I, I think so many times as a as people, you know, if cases are fascinating. We want to see what's happening in court cases. And oh, what's the opening statement going to be? You know, what's the cross-examination going to be? How is this all going to go down? What witnesses are they going to call? At the end of the day, man, it is the jury. The jury, the jury, the jury that matters. Period. End of story. Because I don't care if you're, if you're F. Lee Bailey, you're Johnny Cochran, you're Stu Matthews, Whoever you are and how brilliant you are as a lawyer and your your ways of questioning, if you don't pick the right jury, it's done. It's over. And and I'd love to hear from lawyers on, on the, the psychology that goes into that. And how do you choose a juror? Because you get a limited amount of time. You get a questionnaire. You get to ask them a few questions. And then some point, you know, you can't dismiss everybody. you got to kind of live with the choices that you're given, right, The you, you got what in this case it was two hundred or so potential jurors. Most of them were were awful, so you weren't going to take them. He says you take half of that. The other half of them don't want to even be on the jury. So with a limited pool of people, you're allowed that you're to have at your disposal on that jury. You got to make a decision, man. And the wrong decision on that doesn't matter. All the investigation or the best case you could possibly lay out could be absolutely. One hundred percent brilliant, but if you get there's a guy sitting on that jury and you know for whatever reason something something happened to him when he was young, some sort of event some sort of experience he had that's going to give him a bias one way or another it's over it doesn't matter how brilliant you are so it, I just think it's it's fascinating to see all that go down. I'd love to understand more of that of the things you look for i mean I have to imagine a lot of it is. Is is gut right? How many times you know people say it all the time, but how many times does it turn out to be correct? You know, in, in life, if you kind of go with your gut, most of the time you're you're going to be right. But I, I just man, that that would be if you better get that jury right, or it's it's. I mean, look at the OJ case, right? I mean, the evidence was against him. The, the prosecution did you know? They, of course, they screwed some things up
0: That's
1: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The
1: prosecution laid out a, a case that looked unbeatable. This guy clearly did it. The DNA is there. The footprints, the glove, the, uh, the whole deal is right there. But, you know, they kind of got hamstrung with a jury that wasn't favorable, and it didn't matter if they would have had a video of O.J. Simpson killing Nicole Brown Simpson. That jury would have said, no, I don't think so. I think there's some reasonable doubt there. Jury is everything. I find that fascinating. 5137497000, pound 700 t 100, the big one. And this jury uh, for the Tenzine case is a, a zoo researcher, a full time nanny, a mother uh, of a detective, and someone in information technology. I, those are the, I guess, the occupations of three of the, or excuse me, four of the 12 jurors. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. I know that. So I'm just glad the trial is going to go on. My God. There was, they were stopping the cut, stopping it for this, stopping it for that. We want to sue for this. So at least we'll get some justice. Here's an interesting question, though, about this Tenzin case, since I somehow stumbled on it. Um, I, I still need clarification on if Leslie Gibbs is going to allow a lesser charge. Right now, it's first degree murder, correct? That is what the charge, that is what the jury has to decide. Now, what I thought i find fascinating is, if you're Stu Matthews, who is Tenzing's attorney. If you're Stu Matthews and you're you're Ray Tenzing himself. Obviously, if you're going up against a first degree murder charge, that is huge, right? That is you I mean that, that you're going to jail for the rest of your life. If you're convicted of that, you're going to jail for a long time, most of your adult life, if not all of it. But is um I guess daunting as that proposition is if you're them are you, you rooting for that to be the only charge rather than a lesser charge? Because I think everybody who's seen this case, everyone who knows even a little bit about the judicial system, a little bit about what goes into an a involuntary manslaughter versus a first-degree murder versus a second-degree murder versus negligent homicide, anyone who knows a little bit about that knows that while it was totally unfortunate that Sam DeBose lost his life, right, I think most people see that case and say it wasn't murder. He did not wake up in the morning with vengeance on his mind and say, I'm going to kill someone on the street today. I'm going to specifically kill Sam DeBose. So what I'm getting at is it's a high-risk, high-reward thing, but I think if you're still that, you want that to be the only charge because the chance of that, of Ray Tensing getting convicted, of first-degree murder, in my opinion – okay, someone who doesn't know everything about this case but has obviously been following it, I think is there's no way that that happens, which is going to be unfortunate because there needs to be some degree of justice, some sort of something from a um, punishment standpoint needs to happen to Ray tending. Did he mean to kill Sam DeBose? Absolutely not. Did he do it, and does he need to pay for the act that he did, which is terrible. He took this man's life. Yes, there needs to be some degree of justice. But if if it's murder or nothing, I don't see how he gets convicted. And if he doesn't get convicted, is that justice? Is it right for to see Sandra Bezos family members and people of the community, to see this guy walk and get nothing? I I, I don't know why that, that, that has to be the ultimate charge. Why is it not something of a lesser degree? I, I've heard that... You know the, the argument is well if you go for a lesser charge and yeah Ray Tenzing gets convicted of it but he does six months in jail for a whatever a negligent homicide or something like that or does a year does a year and a half people are going to revolt they're going to riot they're going to burn the city down well if he gets nothing they're really going to burn the city down so I it's ah man I, I but I just again I wonder if if Tenzin's attorney is saying man we don't want any other charges to be a part of this. We'll go up against the 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 big one here, which is murder, because I don't see how it happened. I don't see how he gets convicted of that. So let's do this. We'll take a break. We'll come back with a little more. Uh, Willie's going to join me later. We'll t- I'll talk a little bit about the uh, the Comey investigation and, and all that. So stick around. We've got more show coming, 700-WLW. All right, welcome back to the show. You know I think is amazing is the fact that I mean, we had a, a big time terror attack happen in in Britain. Well, two weeks ago, and then a week ago, there was another one. We had the Manchester one, and then the one in uh, in London. Manchester was I think twenty two people died, hundreds injured, and then uh, last week, maybe not even a week ago, was the um, the one in London or on the uh, on the London Bridge. Right, three different people. Well, what's amazing. Is it's horrific and and shocking is all that was. Nothing. No one's talking about it at all, and it's not in the papers. No one's talking about it. And I was thinking during the break, terrorists are smart, and you know why they're smart because how they they understand how people work, and that is they understand that when something happens, okay, a terrorist act happens immediately in the aftermath, people are outraged, and they want action, and they want extreme action, and they want to even. Um, step upon rights, uh, civil uh, rights of people, and civil liberties of people, in order to maintain safety and stop terrorism. Right in the in twenty four forty eight hours after a terrorist attack happens, everyone is you know kick them out, do this that, all that. Okay, but what happens? Well, after a while, things kind of people. I think naturally want things to return to order. Right. Okay, and then when you kind of want to get back to your normal life, and you've kind of calmed down a little bit, then you go, oh, you know, that whole idea of you know monitoring mosques and stuff we were talking about, eh, that's that's kind of harsh. We don't want to do that. So, again, the, the terrorists are smart because they know that people, human nature is just that, so they kind of space out the terrorist attacks to some degree. Now, I, I mean, I can, can never understand why don't they just do every single day? Every single day is one. But I think they know that if they did that, the the outcry would be so strong that they would that you know that people would say, Look, we really gotta do something and they would go about seriously eradicating them. But because you okay, have attack here, kill twenty one people, then you lay back a little bit and allow people to regress back to the norm and kind of let their guards back down. Ah, we don't need to go into homes and start pulling people out of it and things like that. We don't necessarily need to do that one. Twenty-four hours after the terrorist attack, like let's go, we can go whatever it takes. Let's do it. We got to stop this right now. So, I, I just think that that's fascinating how they do that. The really, really sad thing I think is that it's not going to take the death of tens of people or hundreds of people or even thousands of people. It's going to take. It's going to take terrorism. It's going to take the death of tens of thousands of people. Okay. In order for people to wake up. Now that is just one man's opinion. I pray to God that that never happens. But that would be the only way that "quote unquote" something serious will get done about terrorism. That's it, because you know we we have one here. Twenty people die here. Sixty people die in Nice, France, and you know however many people die with with the truck with Mohammed last year in, in France as well. And then people going little girls going to a concert. You would think. Right, little girls going to a concert—thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-old girls getting blown up in a terrorist act at a concert. For God's sake, that would be—that'd be it. We're 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 laying the hammer down now. You would think that would do it. Nope. That's a couple of days later, no one's talking about it. No one's. Yeah, we, we we you know no no action is being taken. But I think that's on purpose because if it was a terrorist attack every single day, then the outcry would with the the uh, the pressure would mount. And the the outcry of people to get something done and go after it would would happen, but they know not to do that. They know they know human nature, I guess. Um, so let's do this. Um, we will take a break. We'll get the bottom of the hour news, and when we come back, um, I want to get that, get Willie on here to talk a little bit about Comey and what we learned, if anything, today during that that circus sideshow we saw called the Comey investigation. This is News Radio seven hundred WLW. All right, welcome back to the show. Of course, uh, from a national level today, we had the Comey investigation. Discuss that. We want to bring on the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the great American Willie Cunningham. So, so Willie, we saw the, the testimony today. Some bombshell things of sorts came out. But the biggest thing to me that came out was the fact that there was J- – James Comey said himself, no Russia collusion, no collusion, and Trump himself was not under investigation. So, Willie – Do you think people will finally stop the cries of Russia, 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 or will they continue?
2: Well, Rocky, I would say there was a large, flatulent sound coming out of Washington, and that's the air coming out of impeachment. And the big news to me is that the stock market is a great uh, thermometer of where America is at any one point. And those who are in the business of making or losing literally billions of dollars every day were riveted to the testimony of James Comey starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, ended at a little before uh, 1 p.m., and uh, every time he spoke, the market went up, and up and up, and it ended NASDAQ at an all-time high because those in the business of making money want Trump in the White House because he's good for business as opposed to Obama or Hillary. And so the stock market, the experts at all the big brokerage firms and all the experts that run the American economy in New York City and London said, you know what, this is good. And so follow the money. The money says... Trump survived today, did quite well, and is going to do well. And the second takeaway I have is this one. Comey leaked uh, indirectly to the New York Times through a friend of his, a law professor at Columbia, mm-hmm. information about the notes he used to take with Donald J. Trump. The notes that he took, he took while as the director of the FBI. So we have the director of the FBI taking federal property, and indirectly giving it to the New York Times, which is not a felony because it wasn't classified. But nonetheless, uh, the taking of uh, federal property, which are the notes he made while in federal office, given to the New York Times is at least a misdemeanor. And Comey is a leaker of private information, federal property, (laughs) to the New York Times. Now, this is the guy telling us, believe me, I am the Paragon of Virtue. I'm the Sword of the Paraclete. Did nothing the last, wrong. Yeah. The last honest man in the world is <laughs> James Comey,
1: and he's the damn leaker. A- Did anyone other than you and I figure that out? Abs- absolutely not. Well, here, here's the other big question with that, Willie, and you're on the money, and that is... Well, the, the the Democrats hated Comey, then they loved him. So, what are they? Are they back to loving him now? Or are they? Do they still hate him? Do they even know? What what's the story with their feelings on Comey right now? The, the,
2: the Democrats want to use him like a three dollar
1: Italian hooker. They want to use him.
2: And so for most of last year, he was a pain in the dexterior, and then he became a symbol a paragon of virtue. Now, right right now at this point, he's the one that said today the to Loretta Lynch, who's the one that tried to interfere with a federal investigation and to characterize the criminal investigation of Hillary as simply uh, as simply a matter as opposed to a felony investigation, and so Loretta Lynch, who's a putz, came out. Uh, I think, worse, in a sense, than Jeff Sessions. And another thing that we have to remember, this is the guy who opened a criminal investigation of the Trump campaign almost a year ago in July of last year. We are almost one year into a massive investigation involving the NSA, the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice. And after one year of literally millions of man-hours wasted on this crap, not One piece of evidence has come out after one year of collusion, and that one piece of evidence has come out that the Donald committed any criminal acts or impeachable acts. This is after one year. When will it stop? It'll stop in a year and a half when the American people, in their righteous anger, stands up like a white stallion on the high ranges of a blue Wyoming sky and say, enough is enough, we will not reward the party that are obstructionists. We will not reward the party, the Democratic Party, that spent the past two years investigating and not litigating. When will Washington get down to the business why we hired the Republicans? Right now, we hired Paul Ryan. We hired Mitch McConnell. We hired, uh, Portman. We hired Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. We hired Steve Shabbat and Winstrip. When will they get down and legislate? For our benefit and not litigate or investigate. I want something significantly done to lessen the burdens on the middle class: healthcare reform, tax reform, the southern border fence. That's why they were elected, and the Donald was elected six and a half months ago. It is time for the party that we put in power not to litigate and not to investigate but to
1: legislate. We need legislation. We do, Willie, but to me that's the most frustrating thing, because I I agree with you that the Democrats, look, all they care about is... Is is just death by a thousand lashes, right? Just keep this up. Trump was was elected, but it wasn't legitimate. It wasn't this. He's colluding with a Russia, whether it's true or not, it makes no difference. It's just keep this narrative going. So, in one way, you blame the Democrats, but in another word, in another way, I look at the Republicans say, you know, control the Senate, control the uh, control the House, control the judiciary, control the White House. Why are the Republicans? taking a, a back seat to anybody on this? Well, the, the answer, of course, is because they are deep states. They are uh, politicians. They're lifelong politicians that don't want this new guy named Donald Trump. They want business as usual. Hey, we'll kind of complain we don't like the Democrats. The Democrats are complaining we don't, they don't like us. But we'll all kind of go along. We'll get our contracts. We'll make our money. And we all go happily ever after. Now this guy named Donald Trump coming in, who's, who's beholden to absolutely nobody, The Republicans don't back him. That's one of the most frustrating things about this entire election process because Trump can beat the media. He can beat the Democrats. It's going to be hard to beat his own team. And that's what he's trying to do right now, but it's tough. Well...
5: For eight years,
2: we had Barack Hussein Obama with scandal after scandal, the IRS, the NSA, eavesdropping on millions of Americans. We had Obama co-indicting James Rosen of Fox News and the AP reporters. We had crooks in the White House with scandal after scandal. But what happened is this. He had a putz as the attorney general. One was Eric Holder, held in contempt of Congress for lying under oath. And then he had Loretta Lynch, who was another putz. And the problem is Jeff Sessions, because he has recused himself under pressure, Trump doesn't have, like, an attorney general who's his bag man to make sure these things don't metastasize. You had Obama, who was a crook and a liar, repeatedly involved in scandals that the New York Times and the stenographers of the Washington Post would never go after. Never go after Obama. Plus, you had an attorney general who was a putz, who did whatever Obama told him to do. Now you got Trump who's bared. you got Trump without an attorney general. Uh, you, uh, the, the acting attorney general uh, right now, Mc- uh, uh, Rosen, uh, Rosenstein and Andrew McCabe, wife, got $700,000 from a Clintonista in Virginia. Yep. So Trump is bare. Uh, and Obama had putzes from the AG's office making sure the bodies were buried. Fast and Furious was buried. Uh, Lois Lerner, IRS, was buried. Uh, the lying under oath by the attorney general. How big of a story was it in the national media when Eric Holder lied about Fast and Furious Resulting in the death, the murder of a of a federal border patrol agent. The media never
1: barely comes. a peep. Nothing.
2: It's because Trump represents everything that the mainstream media hates. They hate the fact he has money. They hate the fact that he's anti-illegal immigrant. They hate the fact that he's got funny hair. They hate the fact that they access Hollywood tape. They hate everything about Trump, but they loved everything about Obama. He was a multinationalist. He was raised in Indonesia. Obama, 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 the south side of Chicago, did a great job organizing there, became a law professor. Obama, 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 and the Obama. media
3: never covered him. <laughs>
2: they never covered the scandals. And most Democrats now believe he had a scandal-free eight years. He he didn't have an attorney general held in contempt of the Congress. He didn't have the IRS wrongfully investigating conservatives and patriot groups. He didn't have the AP being wiretapped or millions of phones tapped. None of those things happened under Obama. Like your plan,
1: keep your plan, like your doctor. Everything was wonderful. Wonderful years. Yeah. No problem. Fantastic. Obama. Obama. (laughs) Obama. But but, but here's here's the deal, Willie. I I just wonder, again, it's, it's been Russia, Russia, Russia for eight, nine, ten months here. And not one shred of evidence has come out of collusion. It came out today again. That was the big takeaway for me of all the stuff that was thrown out there, it was why are we here we're We're here to decide if james- or if if Donald Trump colluded with Vladimir Putin in Russia. It came out today that he did no. not. James Comey thought he did not, nor did anybody think he did so can they will they keep this no. up? Will they keep the narrative up or will they or do do you think at some point and probably has happened already does the american people say oh my god this is just white noise we, we can't stand this anymore we totally block it out this is like the the little boy who cried wolf we keep hearing russia 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 but there's nothing there so when there is actually some sort of legitimate scandal or legitimate news that comes out no one cares because they've been hearing this russia 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 all the time do you think people are moved by this at all do you think they'll be moved by it come the midterms next year uh, i hope
2: and pray that the Republicans will have the coyotes that the Democrats have. The Democrats would never appoint a special prosecutor to investigate or prosecute the campaign of Hillary Clinton, who was a well-known crook, or Barack Hussein Obama or Joe Biden. The Democrats would never do to themselves what the Republicans are now doing. Why, why, why
1: is that? Why do the Democrats, well, they always seem to, you know, kind of, they, they take care of their own. They don't eat their own the way Republicans do. Why is that, Willie? Why? I'd like to know when Bill Clinton was impeached and lied under oath to federal judges involving
2: sexual harassment, there wasn't one Democrat who broke ranks and came out against Bill Clinton, who was a perjurer and a liar and a sexual harasser and probably a sex. He was the Bill Cosby of American politics, <laughs> and not one time. Did you have one big-time Democrat call for the removal of office or impeachment of Bill Clinton? With Donald J. Trump, you you got Graham, you got McCain, you got numerous Republicans always shuffling him out of the deck. It drives me crazy if Republicans acted like Democrats, there'd be no special prosecutor. Well, that, that's there. because mo-
1: most of them, Willie, I, the only thing I can figure out is most of the Republicans even are, are they're, they're bought and sold, right? They, they, it's the lobbyists, it's it's somebody, it's, it's big business, somebody is is keeping them from doing the will of the American people. And that's why they don't like Trump, because Trump is, not, again, not beholden to anybody. He doesn't give a damn. No. If, you know, he's not trying to, well, you know, most politicians are trying to, you know, kind of jockey for the next position, right? Well, if this doesn't work out, then maybe I can go down to the House of Representatives, and then maybe I can make the bump up to the Senate and then make the bump up to the Vice President. He doesn't care about anybody. He wants to come in, do a good job, lead the country, and get America back to being great again. But no one wants to let him do it. No one wants to let him do
2: it. The Trumpster needs an attorney general and Republicans who actually are in leadership in the House and the Senate to run interference and get on to the issues that we care about. We care about middle-class tax cuts, the southern border. We care Whoa. about making Americans strong the wall. We care about Obamacare repeal and replace. We care about the things that we care about. Not one American is helped economically by any of the crap in the past year, but it's a Washington parlor game to take down Republicans. Well, what, do you, what do you
1: think is going to happen, Willie? Let's say, and God, God willing, this won't happen, but let, let's say we go four years here, and because of... You know, the Republicans' lack of wanting to work with Trump because of media stuff. Nothing really gets done.
2: Disaster. It, it, l- let's, disaster. let's
1: say that. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Or let's say that happens. Well, what's the Republicans' excuse going to be? In 2010, it was, you know, we need to get the House back. So they got the House back. And then in 2020, it was like, we need to get the Senate back. They got the Senate back. Well, in 2016, it was, we need the president. Once we get the presidency, we oh. will have we will have it all. Oh. We'll be able to do stuff. So they got the Congress, the Senate. The, the, the presidency, the Supreme Court, two-thirds of the governorship, and nothing is getting done. What What, what is there going to be the excuse? What's going to be the excuse?
2: In a year and a half, if there's not significant change in Washington, normal people like you and I are not going to vote Republican, and the Democrats will come out, take the House, take the Senate. And within six months, Trump will be impeached within six months when Nancy Pelosi takes the House. He'll go to trial in the Senate, and he will not be removed from office. It takes two-thirds. He will not be removed from office. And then in 2020, facing the American people, the Republican Party under Donald J. Trump, will be mortally wounded. And I'm waiting for the Republicans now. It'll take two or three years for any changes in the tax code or Obamacare to percolate and breathe through the entire economy. They've got to get the wagon on the road right got now. Got to get it get going. And look, now.
1: you're right. And if I were Trump, I would come out and I'd say this. I'm of the opinion that the only thing worse than the wrong action is inaction. You know what I mean? You can, you know, there's no, there's no action out there that's perfect. Somebody of the 320 million people we have in the country, someone's not going to like it. Someone's going to be pissed. It's going to negatively affect them, right? So no one's going to be perfectly happy with anything. But to me, again, you, you can't, you can't just make everybody happy. So why don't you at least get something done? I think you look, people look more disfavorably upon not doing anything. Again, there's no perfect action, but they'll look less kindly upon inaction. Why does he not say that? Why does he not say, "Hey, Mitch McConnell, get your button gear here, go in the Senate, and tell everybody to get behind this health care bill and now, pass it"? Because if you don't, what you're everyone you're going to play the whole, "Oh, we, we couldn't get around this, and there's things I didn't like, things you, uh, and that sort of deal." People are going to say, "What? What do we, What do you want? We got the whole majority here, but nothing can get done. Inaction is the worst. It's so much worse than the wrong action, Willie. Oh, well, Rocky, lead, follow, or get, the hell, the, get the hell out of the way. Get
0: the hell out of the way.
2: Get the hell out of the way do something, move the country forward, forget about the litigation, forget about the investigation, and start to legislate. Six and a half months ago, you and I could write right now a tax reform bill. You and I right now could build the, the fence on the southern border. You and I could do things on the tax code right now. We all know what needs to be done. And they sit there with their fingers up their butts. and come a year and a half, normal people like you and I and each of your lovely listeners are not going to support a party who lied to us at least since 2010 telling us what's going to happen. They got the keys of the kingdom, and they refuse to stick it in we got to stick it in, stick the key in the lock, (laughs) stick it in, stick it in, turn and walk into the light of a better day. And if they don't do something, you and I and normal Americans will never vote Republican again.
1: Remember, Willie, inaction is worse than the wrong action. You cannot don't be a bumpkin that sits there and does nothing and points the finger and blames the other person. And meanwhile, you get nothing done. Nobody likes that person. Everyone knows someone like that in their life. And everybody hates them they hate the person has no ability to grab the you know what by the horns and go and get it done and 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 yeah you're gonna have to take the flaming arrows you're gonna have to take the criticism but there's gonna be so much less criticism than if you sit around on your hands and do nothing stick it in stick it in stick Stick it it in in. there you go Willie I was going to ask you about Tenzing but we're out of time God bless America God bless America Stick it in. stick it in Willie thank you (laughs)